ABC Listen. Podcasts, radio, news, music and more. This is The Conversation Hour on ABC Radio Melbourne and Victoria. So some people may go to extreme lengths to achieve what they believe to be the perfect body. They might do that with diet, exercise or calorie counting. But a growing number of Victorians are turning to steroids and performance-enhancing drugs to get what they believe to be their ideal body. And people who work with steroid users say that social media is feeding this subculture. Good morning. My name's Rochelle Hunt, your co-host this morning, joining you from ABC Wodonga, Bronwyn O'Shea. Bronwyn, I have to admit, I don't know a lot about steroids or performance-enhancing drugs, and I think I have a stereotypical view of what a steroid user looks like, sort of one of those big, beefed-up bodybuilders, <laughs> and I just don't think that that's true. That is exactly the image I have when I think of who uses steroids I think of the rippling muscles and the guy posing in front of the mirror but apparently the type of user is actually changing and more and more people are taking these illegal steroids not to boost performance necessarily but so that they really just love what they see in the mirror and we don't seem to know exactly how many users there are in Australia but we do know there's been a big increase in the amount of steroids being seized at our borders in the past few years which suggests that use is on the rise. So it's illegal to use steroids without a prescription but now they're quite easily purchased online and in a world first wastewater test it's found that there's widespread use across Australia in both the cities and in regional centres. Yeah so I guess with more people using what do we need to know about the short and long-term effects that steroids have on your physical and mental health? So do you or someone you know use performance enhancing drugs and why and are they easier to access now than ever before? On ABC Radio Melbourne and Victoria. This is the Conversation Hour. Good morning, my name's Rochelle Hunt, your co-host this morning, Bronwyn O'Shea, joining you from ABC Wodonga. And we are looking at performance-enhancing drugs today, steroids being one of them. And what do we need to know about them? Is use on the rise? Is social media kind of... I guess, helping fuel this subculture that has got some people concerned. If you use steroids or if you use performance-enhancing drugs, our number's 1300 774 You can change your name. We don't need to know who you are. We just want to try and learn a little bit more about this today. Bron, I think there is a lot to learn today, in particular the stereotype and busting the myth around the stereotype of who uses yeah, and I think um, the reasons that people use steroids, I'd be really interested to hear from people about what, what motivated them to go down that path because I think you know, once upon a time we thought of the gym junkie and it was all about putting on lots of muscles so you, you know, performed well in the gym and you looked like bulky, but that's not necessarily what's motivating all users anymore. Dr Matthew Dunn has spent a couple of decades actually looking at the use and the harm and benefits of performance and image enhancing drugs. Matthew's a senior lecturer at the School of Health and Social Development with Deakin University. Good morning. Good morning. Let's start with the basics, I think, Matthew. What are steroids and how do they work on your body? 
Sure. So steroids are synthetic forms of the hormone testosterone, and we all have testosterone. Males have it a lot more than females. Um, and so when you take steroids, they act pretty much the same way as testosterone does. So it goes into uh, or it finds out the cells in the body that will unlock for it and uh, there are a lot of them, but the ones that we're primarily concerned with are the ones in our muscles. And so when our when we go to the gym, when we lift heavy things using our muscles, we get little tears in our muscle fibers. And so our body then wants to repair those tears and that's how our muscles grow. And so testosterone goes to those cells in those muscles and it helps our muscles to grow and repair. Does this does it work quickly? Is this something that it repairs those muscles either in an extreme fashion, so the muscle comes back bigger and stronger, or is it that it repairs it in a rapid manner? They they're not quick. Um, they're not fast acting. So if someone was going to take steroids to get a, a better body, so bigger muscles, and they thought they could do that in one to two weeks, that's probably not going to happen at all. Really, you're not seeing any effects until about eight to 10 weeks after starting them. Um, but it's also important to note that steroids don't grow your muscles that much without doing all the other things. So if you're taking steroids and not going to the gym and you're just eating fast food all the time, you're probably not going to see um, any effects. Steroids really work best when you are uh, living those lifestyles. So you are going to the gym, you are exercising and you are eating healthy. So they're still, they're still sacrificed to be made. They're not a silver bullet. Um, we, Rochelle and I were both saying that in our mind, we, we imagine that, you know, big bulky bodybuilder type, um, you know, person that might be using. What's the reality out there, Matthew? Who, who are using steroids and why? It is so diverse that that has really um, not taken my breath away, but I, I really had my eyes opened in the last, even 10 years, that uh, the number of different people, both men and women, that are using these substances. So if you were looking back in the 80s, definitely the stereotype you have in your head is exactly who was using them and still is to this day. But we really have seen, even probably since the 2000s, a real diversification of, of people who were using these substances. It still is men primarily, and that's just because testosterone works really well in our bodies. Um, we know that there is an increase in females using them, but they don't work as well um, in females and actually can have a lot of negative effects more so in females. But if we just look at men, we're seeing such a diverse group of men using them from young men who are getting into the gym, who are playing sport, who want to really enhance their, both their body image but also their sporting or their athletic performance. But we're seeing this new group emerge of men who are maybe in their 30s, 40s, 50s who are using uh, black market steroids as a form of testosterone replacement. So we've done some studies recently where we've spoken to men who have said, I just feel tired. I'm not living the life that I think I should be leaving a living. I don't have the energy levels, but I can't get um, testosterone from my doctor, so I'm resorting to black market steroids. We're also seeing a lot of just your tradies, your, your general guys that are um, blue-collar workers that you know might get injuries from uh, on their jobs, and steroids do help repair some mm -hmm. of those injuries quicker. And all these things are interconnected, so you don't just take... There are benefits from 
the body image, the performance, the uh, your body recovering, but also maybe some of that testosterone replacement as well. But then there's the flip side of the dangers and the side effects, and we want to go into some of those in just a moment. We've got plenty of texts that we want to put to you. Dr Matthew Dunn is with you. Sarah's called from Northcote. Good morning. Hi, thank you for taking my call. Uh, I've got a 22-year-old son that um, went to the US, uh, got started on steroids, uh, came back home in November um, and sort of dropped the bombshell on me. Um, As a mum, steroids were never on my radar. You know, this was a kid that didn't drink, didn't, didn't take drugs. And that as a parent, you think, my God, you've got to be wary of, you know, smoking pot or drinking too much or smoking. Never was mm. steroids on my radar. And, How did uh, it impact him? What what changes did you notice in your son, Sarah? What were your concerns? Um, he, oh, the amount of food he ate, the obsession of going to the gym. Um, he gave me all this paperwork from the internet to try and convince me that it was okay because he was getting black market steroids um thankfully i have a fantastic gp who we went to because i was embarrassed i didn't tell anybody um and they you know people would say to me gee you know your son's gotten bigger and i'm like oh yeah you know typical going to the gym um the first blood test he had they couldn't even mark his testosterone it was so off the charts um and he was always he barely slept. He was generally a quiet, reserved sort of kid, just outgoing, loud, um, just sort of over-the-top behaviour. Did you talk to him about it, Sarah? Oh, I, I, I begged him to stop. Um, and I, you know, I hate to say it, but I sort of threatened him with, like, I'll cut the money off. Um, you know, or I'll do anything for him. And they're just so in that headspace of believing all this stuff. Like, I've got a folder full of paperwork that he kept printing off. Look, Mum, it's okay. It's it's not as, what would you rather me do, cocaine? I'm like, no, mate, I don't want you doing any drugs. Yeah. Um, is where still, are things, yeah. yeah, where have things ended up, Sarah? Where are you at now with it? Well, luckily, he has come off them, um, but it took a lot of weaning down. Like, we had to do it really carefully, um, and he involved our, like I said, our GP was fantastic. It was pretty hardcore, the coming down, um, and now he's off them, and he's given me, like, uh, I think after going through the come down, he has said to me that, he that that's it he he will not touch them again and um you know because i i was the one that had to inject him you know um as a parent you never think you're gonna have to inject your own child otherwise he was like well i'll have to go and find someone you know out on the street or someone at the gym will do it for me Oh, Sarah. Did it feel like you were i guess just living with someone that had a drug addiction sarah yeah yeah, exactly. And this is the thing. This is where he said, oh, what would you prefer me to do, Mum? Do you want me to do cocaine, smoke pot? It's like, 
No, yeah. mate. I don't no, want to do, do anything. anything. Sarah, mm. it's so important that you share your story and I'm glad that your son is on the road to recovery. Thank you so much. I guess, Dr Matthew Dunn, hearing Sarah's story, that's the reality of how easy not only are they to purchase, but the amount of false information that we can get off the internet now to make us believe or try and convince someone else that everything is okay. Are steroids addictive? There's some evidence that they are um, addictive, I look less at whether they're addictive to the body and more whether they're psychologically addictive. So some of the work that I've done over the years, when you talk to men, they say, because steroids don't give you a high. It's not like if you injected um, heroin or cocaine or amphetamine, you get that immediate effect. These drugs don't do that. But when you start getting the results from taking them and you're going to the gym like that um, your caller was talking about her son you're going to the gym you're eating really healthily you're not drinking you're not smoking not taking anything else and you start seeing the results and you're in the gym that you know is surrounded by mirrors you are you can see every angle of your body you look quite good and that i think is what people start becoming a little bit dependent on um, sometimes a little, sometimes a lot. They're seeing themselves, they look good, they feel good, and there's that feedback loop. And that's the thing that I think um, is more concerning to me, that men think, I've taken some steroids, it's gotten me a good, uh, good some improvements, maybe if I take more or some other drugs, that'll mm. get me even looking better. And so I think that's the part that I'm more worried about rather than whether the, the body itself is addictive, uh, addicted when, to them or not. When we think about drugs like, say, heroin and cocaine, you know, it's very easy to quickly understand and wrap your head around the dangers and the effect that that can have on your behaviour and on your, your physical and mental health. What about steroids? What harm can they cause and is it a concern? Look, like any substance, there there are there are harms, and I mean there are also benefits as well. The problem is you can't pick and choose. You can't say I'm going to have all the good effects with none of the bad effects. So they just don't work like that. There's a spectrum of of negative effects from the what the guys call the nuisance effects. So they do increase um, acne on the body. So that is sometimes a telltale sign that someone is using steroids because they've got more acne on their their shoulders and their back. Um, through to, uh, they do get a loss of libido, the way it impacts um, the body. But right down the other end, so they can increase cholesterol, they can impact uh, the liver. One of the main negative effects, though, is it does shut the body's natural um, production of testosterone. And because the body senses that testosterone is coming in, so it stops producing it. Now, that's fine while you're on testosterone, but when you come off, mm. it can take some time for your body to kick in. And there are men that I've interviewed that are now essentially using it as testosterone replacement because their body just has not kicked start its own natural testosterone. Now, these are men that have used it for quite some time. But even men that have used it for a shorter period of time, it takes a little while to kick in and you just it, it's, there's no magical number that you have to wait before it kicks in it, it differs for everyone so that that can be the um that's the, the effect that i'm really uh, concerned about yeah is there such a thing as safe use so we heard um sarah saying her son kept producing you know material that said look mum, it's okay it's safe is, is there such a thing as, as safe use of steroids 
I'm loath to say yes, but in reality, you can reduce the harms. I think there is a continuum, though. There is the work that I do, particularly with younger men, is talking to them about why they want to do it mm. and peppering them with questions. So why do you want to do it? For how long? When, will you, when you reach the goal that you want to reach, do you think you can stop? And that often makes a lot of men think about it. When they see the needles that they have to use to inject themselves, they are very scary-looking needles, that puts most of them off. The, for the men that do decide to use, then it's asking them more questions to get them to think about their use. So do you know how to inject safely? Do you have a plan for coming off? What happens if your testosterone doesn't kick in for a little while? So it's, it's those types of things. So mm. I am a, a harm reductionist. I do believe you can use things to reduce the harm, but the safest thing to do if you don't want the harms is not to use something. Matthew, stay with us. Sam's call from Bayswater. Morning, Sam. Yeah, good morning. How are you doing? Good. What did you want to say? Um, yeah, so I, I used uh, steroids back in my early 20s, and um, I'm now in, in my 40s uh, with two young kids and that sort of stuff. Um, the attraction for me of using back back in those days was, you know, being small in stature, you know, trying to get some size and that sort of thing. And what happens is everything becomes easier. So not just, you know, in the gym and the physique and that sort of stuff, but, you know, attracting women. Um, more confident in the workplace and all of a sudden you, you, you become almost superhuman and it's very difficult when, when you come off this stuff um, to recapture that because it's so much harder. And um, so, so now in my 40s and I think there's evidence that yes, once you have children you have a natural drop in testosterone levels anyway. Um, there is that attraction again to go onto this, onto this drug. Um, now, I take natural testosterone supplements to try to boost my testosterone levels. A lot of people say that, that that doesn't work. I feel, though, physically that it does work for me and gives me that energy back again, that strength back and all that sort of stuff, but more in a natural way where I'm producing natural testosterone rather than the synthetic mm. version. How hard was it to get off it, Sam, once you, when you just chose not to use anymore? It's, it's pretty difficult, especially, you know, I think the last time I used I was probably 23. And... You know, you've got the attraction of all those all those things. You know, the, you know, looking good in the gym, um, uh, attracting women, all that sort of stuff. Um, you know, that 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 in, that in itself is really difficult to turn your head away from, and and try to try to get back on it. But uh, sorry, get back on the natural path. Um, I think the biggest thing for me is that I didn't like the negative effects that it had on. Um, uh, my testosterone levels and, 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 and testicles and that sort of stuff post um, post taking it and how long it took for natural testosterone to get mm. back in again. Mm. Sam, thank you for sharing your story. Uh, it's interesting, Matthew, I think um, one of the things that used to be associated with steroid use was a change in mood. You know, mm. you'd hear about roid rage, rage yeah. and the yeah. anger and aggression that tended to go along with it. Is that... Is that accurate? Is that one of the side effects? Look, it is, it is accurate to a point. So there is some evidence um, that there is a relationship between taking steroids and some um, changes in mood, whether that's, um, that can be uh, depression, uh, the, uh, the idea of or the myth of roid rage where you're taking a steroid and suddenly you're beating up everyone you, you see um, largely hasn't been founded. Although when you do talk to the guys that use it, there are some steroids that they say, if you have any 
um, tendencies towards aggression or anything like that, you definitely stay away from. And I would say that generally with, with the steroids. If you do have tendencies towards um, aggression and so forth, probably steroids aren't for you. I'm not saying it is going to suddenly make you the Hulk and you're going to be beating people up, but probably staying away from them. Um, oh, we've got a text here that says, my ex-husband used steroids for many years to look good. Steroids made him aggressive and abusive when he was on them. It's concerning that so many young men and gym junkies are taking steroids to grow their muscles. Their relationship will be harmed. Just finally, Matthew, there are so many different questions here and apologies if we can't get through them all because we do have uh, so many other guests that we want to get to on this topic as well. But Alex has sent this message and I think it's important to ask this question on his behalf. It says, good morning. Can you please ask Matthew if there's any research that's going into the link between steroids and liver cancer. I've lost a dear friend to this. Is there any research between liver cancer and steroid use? Not to my knowledge, but the liver is definitely the organ in the body that we are most concerned about, uh, apart from the heart, um, when people are talking about steroids. and, And there is some going uh, there's evidence we know that steroids do impact the liver um with liver cancer i'm not too sure one of the problems with knowing what steroids what problems or what harm steroids cause is that the guys that started taking them in the 80s are now only kind of getting to that age where we have, have might have a bit of an understanding of what's going on and that's that's just the problem um but uh, I'm not surprised, and I'm, I'm my condolences to that person around their friend. Because um, look, we are seeing we've seen um, social media stars who we know are taking these substances um, having problems with their heart and their livers and passing away at very young ages. I'm not. I wouldn't be surprised in the next ten years if we start seeing um, and and teasing out that relationship um, a little bit better. Thanks so much for your time and your insights on this, Matthew. We appreciate it. You're most welcome. Dr Matthew Dunn is a senior lecturer at the School of Health and Social Development at Deakin University. Over the last 20 years, he's been researching the use and the harm and the benefits of performance and enhancing performing drugs. This is The Conversation Hour on ABC Radio Melbourne and Victoria. Rochelle Hunt here with you in Melbourne. Bronwyn O'Shea joining you from ABC Wodonga. We're talking about performance-enhancing drugs and steroid use of the illegal kind today. This message, I can so relate to what Sarah spoke about. My son was focused on bodybuilding and he purchased steroids from someone at the gym. He was only 16. I was absolutely shocked and horrified when I found the needles, the vials and the pills in his bag. I think he has a distorted body image too. But fortunately now he's stopped going to the gym and he's stopped using and we've seen a GP to check his iron and his testosterone levels, which are now okay. And a little later, Brom, we're actually going to be speaking to a GP who wants some more work done in this area to be able to help individuals and help families either monitor or to be able to come off steroids safely. Yeah, so that GPs really know how to look after people that might come in and are using steroids. Another text here from Bruce in Fitzroy, Rish, says the gym steroid syndrome is akin to a cult and very hard to discuss or dispute. It's a a psychological, not a physical dependence, which is interesting. Arj Pereira might be able to talk to that, actually. He's a strength and conditioning coach and owner of the Human Mechanics Gym in Bendigo. Hi, Arj. Hi, how are you going? Good. Do you see a lot of of people that you work with um, who are either interested in or are taking steroids illegally? No, we're we're pretty lucky in that respect. So our gym really doesn't cater to 
I guess, the typical um, services that, I guess, steroid use is associated with. So we're more of a high-performance gym, so we don't really have bodybuilding per se, so we sort of avoid it. But most of the other commercial gyms in Bendigo and ones that I've worked in previously, which just have sort of a general commercial offering, they tend to attract more of that that demographic. How openly discussed is it in a gym? Like, is mm. it something that people, everybody sort of knows people are using it, but no one speaks about it and they all pretend that they're doing it naturally? Or is it openly discussed generally, Arch? I think, I think, the, I think the illegality of it really, I think, prevents people from openly discussing it. But when you're in a gym and you're sort of walking around, you can... You can reasonably tell who who is most likely to be using it and who's not. And does it concern you, Arch? Oh, look, it concerns me at the at the age at which um, you know people are are, are experimenting mm. with it. You're looking at sort of sixteen to probably twenty two year olds are probably the biggest market for it, and that's obviously when they're a period when their natural testosterone is going to be the highest it's ever going to be. So you sort of you sort of wonder why they're even bothering. Um, but and what what do you get... think it is that's that's convincing young men that that age, you know, sixteen? What is it that the force that's pushing them towards steroids? Look, I think it's I think it's probably like if you talk to bodybuilders who actually do it and do it for their sport and sort of unashamedly talk about it with you, they will they will attribute it to a form of body dysmorphia where they're always chasing, uh, you know, a bigger size, a fuller appearance, and, and they just keep training and training and training and using these supplements to get to that point. I think when it comes to <clears throat> younger, younger people going to the gym, I think it's more so I want to get there, but I want to get there tomorrow. And this is a really easy way to circumvent that mm. on face value, obviously, is... The doc alluded to um, previously is like it's quite a high risk, and they don't really look at the risk factors for that. They just sort of go, "Well, this is the outcome that I want, and this is the shortest way to get there." Um, but they don't look at the the changes in aggression, the modification to their hormone profile, what their um, what happens when they come off, um, and working in previous sort of bodybuilding gym environments, it's quite interesting to see young people get on. A cycle and they don't consult any sort of medical assistance to do their blood work or anything like that and they come off with no aftercare and then they lose everything they've just spent the last three or four months working towards and then they put on a heap of body fat because the estrogen's too high and and then they sort of either go back on again in the same unsupervised haphazard manner and then you're just creating this recipe for Disaster when it comes to their their hormones and and how their body actually behaves short and long term, but no one tells them. Yeah, and and the fact that no one tells them, yeah. you know, it seems as though there's a huge gap here where mm. there's a need for education. And and you know, the mum that that called in spoke in shock. You know, it wasn't even on her radar. She didn't even think about her son dabbling in steroids. So, Arj, what role can the fitness industry and gyms and so forth play in bringing in some education programs? Do you think? Look, I think the more like we do a lot of we do a lot of programs with schools um, from a like development pathway point of view. So, um, and obviously within elite sport, the the protocols and things are very strict on what athletes can take as far as even supplementation goes and what is batch tested and all those sort of things. So we sort of translate that through to all of our 
youth and school programs and we talk to kids about even things like pre-workouts, why would you need it at 16 years of age when the energy is probably the highest it's going to be anyway? Why do you need that extra bit? It's just good marketing. So mm. we try and steer kids away from <clears throat> as much supplementation as we possibly can, revert them back to just eating really good food, reverting them back to getting off their phones at a reasonable time at night time so they can sleep properly because sleep is one of the biggest factors when it comes to recovery and, pro and progress. We try and really holistically approach what we do with our kids, both in the elite pathways and just kids who want to play really good local sport. Same thing applies. We go, kids, get better sleep, eat better food, train properly, rest, don't overdo it. Yeah. And the hard thing too now is when we look at how they're promoted <laughs> and who they're promoted by, when we're talking oh, yeah. about the wild, wild west of social media and how easy it is to believe something that you see online. Arj, thanks for your perspective. We appreciate it. No worries. Thanks very much. Arj Pereira there is a strength and conditioning coach and the owner of the Human Mechanics Gym in Bendigo. John's called from Melbourne. Good morning, John. Yeah, good morning. What did you want to say? Um, my son was um, my son uh, took steroids in uh, bodybuilding. Um, he, he he originally um, was just taking all those fast food, you know, those special foods that they take and things like that. Um, and he was uh, he just turned twenty, and um, uh, we started to notice a change in his in his personality, and we used to call it Roy raged. Um, and we found out then that he was uh, taking steroids. In, in any case, he he developed an incredible body. He, he won a, an incredibly prestigious uh, championship in his in his first entry. And when you, he died of um, uh, liver cancer uh, quite early, and they they attributed it to steroids at the time. That's what the doctors were telling oh, us. John, I'm so sorry. But, um, mm. Oh, you know, he lived a pretty fast life, so... Uh, but um, what, what happened um, when you talk to his friends and the people who knew him a little bit closer, etc., when he developed this incredible body and he won a major championship, there were other people in the gym that wanted to know how he did it. Mm. And he made this transition from somebody who was taking steroids... To a dealer because there were so many people that wanted his body so um he you know it, it goes further than just taking it um you know he's he's then dealing in steroids and whilst he's dealing in steroids now he's he's a drug trafficker and the transition from steroid trafficking to other drug trafficking it's just a matter of time. Um, slope. And as we uh, heard from Dr. Matthew Dunn before, I mean, he believes that the research over the next 10 years that looks at the link between liver cancer and steroid use, that there will be profound findings from that. Mm. John, I'm so sorry for your loss. What, what I'm talking about is those, those people who are doing bodybuilding yeah. that look at other people who have these incredible bodies. Yeah. And then sort of like target, I, I want that body. How do I get and, it? And, 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 you know, and, uh, you know, the, their entrance into 
steroids to go that that extra step. Um, and it's a form uh, of body dysmorphia, isn't it, which has been discussed a lot and people wanting that. And here, there's a, a message, John, and you'll agree with this. It says, you've got to talk about the influence of TikTok and social media on boys. The increase in body dysmorphia in young adult males is frightening. Uh, by Grexia, these the people are calling it, a, is an actual phenomenon and it's on the rise. Boys want to be big and it's an obsession fueled by social media. Education has to start with debunking claims on social media and its influences whose messages are largely uninformed and highly dangerous. That's from Sandy. But body dysmorphia, it's been around long before um, social media. I think now, unfortunately, as we've heard so much today, Bron, it's being able to get that information, get access to it, be fed all of this paperwork like we've heard from Sarah that makes people believe that what they're taking is okay that is fueling the rise of things like body dysmorphia. Exactly and you talk about you know teenagers in some cases teenage boys who look at this and say I want to look like that and they're promised well this is a shortcut this is a, a fast and easy way to achieve that it's um it's preying on the incredibly vulnerable isn't it. Helen sent an interesting text um, saying if you're at the gym I guarantee you'll be asked if you want to buy steroids three times in your session things so have changed since shows. i was going to the gym <laughs> <laughs> yeah maybe i was never looking like i was in the market <laughs> well, but i remember when uh, a gym that i went to a million years ago started this supplements shop within the gym you know so it was all protein powders and whatnot mm. but there was a really big shift at that time and i remember it distinctly there were it was like here's all the extra stuff that you need to take in order to look fantastic you can't just flog it out on the treadmill you've got to take all of these things as well and it was smack bang in the middle of the gym and i remember at the time thinking wow okay that's a really interesting message to be putting across and it was for men and women to you know get leaner get bigger whatever it was and to be to those you know, it was very hard to purchase anything like that outside of the gym. They weren't illegal. That was all, you know, powders and whatnot. But I can get it anywhere now. I couldn't think of anywhere else you could buy it at the time. Yeah. Mick has sent this text. My 16-year-old son talks about steroids occasionally after hearing about it from friends and online. I'm often surprised but not concerned because we both attend a gym run by a 65-year-old bodybuilder who is stridently against steroids and he tells horror stories about the young men he competed against in his 20s, many of whom are severely incapacitated from their drug taking. Mick says, I think the environment in which you train and the people you train with are very important. So do you or someone you know use performance enhancing drugs and why and are they simply too easy to access now? This is the Conversation Hour on ABC Radio Melbourne and Victoria. Michelle Hunter-Bromman O'Shea with you as we're discussing performance-enhancing drugs and steroids this morning. We have been speaking about body dysmorphia a lot this morning as well. The Butterfly Foundation has so many different resources and information on body dysmorphia. They have a national helpline. It's 1-800-334673. That's 1-800-334673. And just getting that understanding of who is using and why and what those long-term impacts are on people... Maya Underwood is from the Social Science Department at the University of Queensland and has been conducting pretty much an in-depth study of 20 recreational body users, uh, bodybuilders, sorry, using performance-enhancing drugs and image-enhancing steroids. Maya, welcome. What have you learnt working with these 20 bodybuilders over the years about the use of, of performance-enhancing drugs and why people take them? 
Oh, thanks for taking an interest in my research. And I'll, um, I'll just say I've spoken to a lot more than 20 bodybuilders. What I've done is I've spent the last five years hanging out in steroid forums and Facebook groups. So I've spoken to probably thousands of bodybuilders oh. and in, in depth with about 50 of them. Um, so, yeah, look, there's a myriad of reasons why. Um, young guys are using these drugs. Uh, you, you mentioned social media before. Um, that is uh, obviously a contributing factor. It, we uh, turning to social media for guidance on what we should look like if we want to be liked and popular. And you do see a lot of young men with a huge amount of muscle on social media. Um, and there is sort of misinformation being spread there as well so that's one factor that um we really need to consider we've heard um, a few sorry Myra, i was yeah, just going to say we've heard on. a few people talk about the cycle so taking steroids in cycles and you know maybe using them to achieve a particular goal and then intending mm. to stop use after that when you've talked to bodybuilders are most of them then ending up using longer term what's the typical behavior and use like yeah, look, I don't, um, they, they, traditionally steroids are done in cycles that you have a period of time where you're using the um, steroids, say six weeks, eight weeks, 10 weeks, whatever it is, and then you have an equal amount of time off of the steroids to allow your body to recover, to allow your natural testosterone um, production to kick back in. Um, so they in the traditional way of using them there's these sort of ups and downs so you gain all of this muscle and then in your off cycle you lose some of that muscle now what's increasingly happening with young people and we don't really know uh, the long-term impacts enough about the long-term impacts of this is that they're what they're doing is called blasting and cruising so they'll have their cycle of steroids um, like we used to do traditionally but then they don't come off they just go down to a low dose what they call a physiological dose that's um, meant to mimic the natural production of testosterone so they're never coming off which um is you know quite a scary thing mm. uh in that they could be permanently shutting themselves down so look i think when you see the gains that you get on a cycle of steroids and you feel the strength gains and and often that you know the very positive mood effects let's not forget that when our focus on roid rage you can feel like god on these drugs um when you experience that it can be hard to then come off go through the sort of drop in testosterone it can affect your moods and all of these things and to lose that strength and those gains can be really hard so yes it can become sort of a psychological addiction. There's so many different people have spoken today about the role of education and we are going to speak to a GP in just a moment. But when it is not discussed anyhow, when it's kind of done in the darkness, when it's all illegal, how hard is it to then educate on top of that, Maya? I mean, how do you get something like your incredible body of research out there and to the medical profession? How do we educate when it's also hidden? It doesn't make it tricky. I mean, at the moment, we've got this sort of perfect storm of creating harm in that people who use steroids are turning to people who use steroids for health advice. Um, some of the advice that they're giving is probably good. 
um, some of it's probably misinformed and they're potentially causing a lot of harm even in their efforts to reduce harm because we don't have the science we don't have health professionals engaging in these conversations as much as they should um, in their efforts to prevent harm they're often being overzealous and doing things that they don't need to and causing themselves harm so look we as a society have really dropped the ball when it comes to supporting these guys who are only subscribing to ideals that we as a society promote. We love to see the muscle men in the movies and things. We love to see them in our cartoons and our comics. And yet then when guys come do use these drugs that are extremely effective at developing those bodies, we go, oh, you shouldn't have done that. And we give them no help. Mm. It's a ridiculous situation that we found ourselves in. Maya, thank you so much for being part of our chat today about it. Maya Underwood, who's an anthropologist from the Social Science Department at Uni of Queensland and has spoken to thousands of steroid users about you know what motivates mm. their use and, and what impact it's having. Uh, we're going to talk in just a moment to a GP who's been um, you know very open about saying you know come and talk to doctors, come and get support and advice if you are using steroids and see what he has to say. But Stephen's called from Mitcham. Morning, Stephen. <laughs> Oh, good morning. How are you? Well, what did you want to add? Um, yeah, sorry. I was listening to the, I only caught the back end of the gentleman talking about, I think it was his son or someone he knew that started on the road, you know, going to gym, started on the road and went down that road. Mm -hmm. Yes, and, his son, yeah. And, yeah, and um, I, I, I honestly, it was like, I thought, I, was, I thought it was me speaking because word for word, that is exactly what happened to me. My son was... I've got other children that have done life really, really well. But, um, yeah, one, he started going to the gym at 16 and we doing doing probably four or five years and four days a week and really enjoyed it and was healthy and fit and strong and really enjoying it, hanging around with good people. And got into his early 20s after being there for, yeah, five, five six years, I think, going to the gym. And uh, somebody started saying that he had the potential to you know, to really be big and they told him how he the only way to do that is to um you know to get on the roids and so he started on them and was only a little while later at you know to pay for his roids he started selling a few to other people and then started getting them delivering getting them delivered by passenger services his parcels and so on and uh then moved on to yeah, it's just a gateway into a whole world of... Oh, so that slippery slope life. is a, a reality. Yeah. And Stephen, what did you notice Absolutely. about the changes just in his mood? Um, one thing that stood out to me that he said, he said, life is just a... He was never like this. He used to actually play piano down at an old folks home for nothing, just, just to make the old people happy. And he became a person who said to me... This wasn't the worst thing he said, but the thing that stuck with me, he said, "Life is just a big cake, and I'm going to get the biggest slice I can." And I, I, I we're not like that. We're very empathetic, um, sort of giving type family, and uh, to hear him say the words, it's just, yeah, his whole attitude had changed. I saw the road, the Royd Rage once, and it's just like the eyes go black, and it's uh, it's full on uh, chest puffing. Uh, you know the, the the gorilla type stand. Oh. You know the hill. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Stephen, yeah. having so, seen the the change in your son and the impact it's had on his life and and your whole family, really, what do you think needs to change? What can we do? 
Um, look, it's really funny with young men because um, if we're, we're talking about, I'm, I can only talk from my experience with young men. Um, that that risk-taking age is it's it's they don't see you know brick at a time, long-term sort of thing. They they, they look for immediate. Um, you know, they're risk-taking, no consequence type mm. mood, and the the roids. I think. They'd almost enhance that, wouldn't they? I think, I think they, they start off with, sorry? The, the, the steroids would almost enhance that risk-taking oh, behaviour. That's exactly what I was going to say, that that, that it, it really does... Um, oh, look, I know I've, I have to take prednisolone sometimes, and I know that makes me angsty and almost godlike, and that's what I'd imagine. Yeah. The roids are much heavier than that. I imagine they, they bring on that... Um, indestructible on the black box in the aeroplane type attitude. Yeah, and is he still using Stephen? Do you know? Like, are you still in contact with your son? He went off the roids and went on the bigger, heaviest stuff, oh, sorry. so on and so on. And uh, yeah, look, it is tragic because he was such a good person who just, you know, you can't blame who they hang around with. You choose who you associate with, but um, he just saw. Oh, I think, think the whole competition of. Um, he got caught up in it and was in a group. They became his friends down at the gym. And yeah, well, so they, they all sort of justify each other's life, don't they? Stephen, thank you for sharing your story. It's important, as confronting Bron as it is, mm. to discuss the realities of that. And I think today what's kind of jumping out is I don't think people really know parents in particular because we're talking about young boys here, from what we can gather, sort of that 16 to 25-year-old, they may continue later in life. But where do people go for help? Yeah. And Dr. Bang Yu is a Melbourne GP who has really focused heavily on education and getting information out to community, but also to health professionals. Uh, Dr. Yu, thank you so much for joining us. Yes, what hi. has driven okay. your interest in in working with GPs and health professionals so that they know what they're dealing with and they know the advice to, to give? Yeah, I think I think it's just that I just realised a few years ago with conversations with some of the people you've had online um, on the conversation already that very few GPs actually offer any help or assistance to monitor people's health if they're using anabolic steroids. So then I've, so we've tried to do some work to do education for GPs because the reality is you know, a lot of people are using, are using anabolic steroids and if they are using anabolic steroids, the only source of information generally is from online sources, yeah. which can be unreliable. So I think if they can go to a GP, talk about the side effects properly, monitor their health at least if they're going to use it. And certainly, you know, we've had a recent study that shows that, you know, probably 10-12% people will stop using from that, you know, involvement with the GP because of the side effects they're talking about. And it's also the one place where... I'm concentrating on their side effects, not the benefits of using the steroids. Which I think it's a very it's a very interesting thing to actually present to them. Um, and also going back to some of the things you said before too, I think if you look at the secondary school drug and alcohol survey, you know it says that two to three percent of secondary school students have used the steroids, and that's quite a large number when you consider the total population of secondary school students. Wow. So coming to that point, it's true there are a lot of young people who've tried using anabolic steroids. And because there's nowhere to get information, they don't get a health monitor, they don't talk to anyone about it. And I'm hoping that more GPs will be open to discussing these and actually monitoring people's health and having ongoing conversation. 
you know, the, the end, at the end of it, we might want people to stop using steroids, but in between, we need to monitor their health and keep them as safe as we can until they stop using the mm. steroids. So I think that's really important. Without a prescription, steroids are illegal. So I can that's imagine correct. there'd be a lot of people who are, are worried about raising it with their GP because they're doing something illegal. Is, is that a big barrier to people seeking help? I think there's, the barrier would be, yeah, I think it's less of an issue in Victoria. Some states have made sort of made it more illegal and in that position is illegal. In mm-hmm. Victoria, it's not so much of an issue, but obviously people are accessing it through illegal means. So there is that side of it. But as a GP, I'm not interested in that side of it. You know, I'm not interested in the pro- procurement side of it. You know, we talk about the risks because it's an illegal substance that's not monitored in any way and how there could be, you know, unknown substances in the in the product and stuff. So we talk about all that. But I think it's important to tell people it's not illegal in Victoria to talk to your GP about it, definitely. Do GPs want to go down this road? I mean, this is, we start to talk about almost like lifelong care and relationships between a, a doctor and a patient. And this is not something that it sounds like from what I've learnt today, that you can get off easily. It involves sometimes the entire family to be able to help you get off this. Are GPs willing and able to go down this path, do you think? I'm hoping I'm hoping more GPs are willing to do it. I mean, as GPs, we do a lot of harm reduction generally anyway, you know, whether it's about smoking, alcohol, people who use, you know, different types of substances, you know, harm reduction is part of what we do well and what we have skills in. So I actually think it's something that's well within a GP's sort of skill set. But it's about GPs being educated enough and knowing enough about what to do so they feel comfortable actually managing it. We've had uh, several parents ring and thank you to the, to all of those who have sharing their stories and, you know, telling stories of kids as young as 16, talking about steroids and even then taking steroids. What, as a, a mum myself of a son, what advice do you have for parents about how to broach this and how to keep their kids safe? Well, I think it's about, you know, it's like it's about talk, having an open conversation about what they're doing. If someone's going to the gym a lot and is really keen, and if they're using, for example, they're using supplements, I think it's interesting. That's how I get into my conversations. I talk about what supplements they use and what additional things they use. And then, you know, you can, you can suggest, are you using other substances? Because if you are, you need to have health checks or go and talk to a health professional about it. I think it's, it's actually good to have that conversation. So then at least they know that they can talk to you about it, you know, as a parent, if they are using that rather than just hiding, hiding it from you. Thank you so much for your insights today and the work that you're doing in this space. It's really important. Dr. Bang Yoom is a Melbourne GP. Thanks for your time. Most welcome. Bye. Bron, it's so important that, that parents and dads rang today to speak about their sons and the concerns that they have and to share those stories because it's confronting. And as we heard from Sarah right at the very beginning of today's show, even speaking to her GP, she says, but I was embarrassed. You know, I didn't know what to do and I didn't know what to say, but she still went to her GP for help. So to everyone who rang in to share their stories today, thank you. Yeah, and lots of texts saying, thank you for talking about this. It's such an important issue that affects men's health and it's really important that we talk about it. And um, and several people saying, you know, this issue of the pressure we put on young men to look a certain way 
it's about time we saw more examples that showed that not everybody wants a man that's that looks like that or looks a particular way. I, for one, skinny skinny musos has always been my jam, <laughs> Rochelle. So. Well, look, Frankie says the message here. He says, I'm 60 and I want better muscular body. My heart and Instagram says steroids, but my head mm. tells me to stick to the chicken drumsticks. <laughs> <laughs> that's it for today. Thanks for listening. Take care and we'll speak to you soon.